March 21st, 2021, Life in the Fast Lane. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You're by Alfred Kanawa and Justin Labar. Here to talk about the Fast Lane pay-per-view on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, thank God it's out of the way. It's like we made the last road stop. I took a long road trip last week. You know, you take that last stop and you say, I'm getting back in the car. And when I get out of the car again, I'm going to be at my destination. That's what tonight fell on. <laughs> I can't relate to that. I tell everybody in the car, you're holding it. Pack your snacks. I'm not getting out until I get there. There are no stops between the starting point and the ending point. Oh, Justin, we got to talk off the air about this. So I took I took a COVID road trip last weekend. I had everything I needed in my car. I did not set foot in another establishment. And when I stopped, I got back in my own vehicle and just kept going. Uh, as I said, Friday, uh, to some things that were not on my bucket list, but strangely involved a bucket. It was a very efficient road trip. I think we should swap some notes. I think you could really step up your family's game. It's 300 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Hit it. That's me. That's my style. Oh, and the half a pack of cigarettes. Yes. Um, Alfred, what'd you think of tonight? I thought I liked this pay-per-view. This, if we're going to stay with these road trip analogy, it's like when you stop to go to a 7-Eleven and you're like, oh, this is one of the 7-Elevens with the peach rings? This is better than I thought it would be. So I actually liked this pay-per-view. There was, I think it peaked a little early, but I still like the main event. And uh, I don't have too much negative to say about this pay-per-view, but we will get into it. I'm like, not going like, to... I'm sorry? I was just saying, I'm not going to go with the uh, road trip analogy. I'm going to go with the sponsor <laughs> analogy. Uh, Fast Lane was presented by Old Spice, smell ready for anything. And this had a strong odor of inevitability, of redundancy. And I've always subscribed to, it doesn't always have to be a swerve, bro. Sometimes predictable is, is fine if it's logical. And a lot of the predictability tonight was logical, but it was not needed for a three-hour pay-per-view special. You could have made some really nice Raw and SmackDown segments. I almost wonder if tonight was done... Uh, so they could do like a trial run on Peacock and say this is you know they don't want WrestleMania oh, yeah. to be. That's the first. only reason. I mean, that's my major takeaway. That's the only reason this pay per view existed. Nothing on this pay per view happened that needed to happen. Um, I didn't see anybody say they had technical problems with Peacock. I don't know if you guys uh, heard different, but yeah, it did very much come off like a trial. So just I was just judging it based on a pay per view itself. I thought it was a fine pay per view, but I agree it was definitely something that was not needed. Yeah. Um. And this was only on premium. This was not on the free version of Peacock or Freecock, as we have dubbed it now on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Well, I mean, I you know, look, I, I did see people. I, I had no problems. I had not one buffering. I and I mean, I was watching. I'm still. I still pay for Xfinity cable, so I have it just by speaking in the remote. I can just say Peacock, and it was on the the main dashboard uh, of there. But I did see other people who maybe we're watching from an app that they had to download on a smart TV or somewhere else. Or, and I saw people saying audio was dropping in and out pictures, freezing. Some people were still able to watch it. You know, you could still watch it technically on the WWE network. You could pause fast forward and rewind, which was a big flaw. I saw of peacocks tonight. Uh, but I, but everybody that tweeted that to me, I said, well, enjoy it. Cause in two weeks, that's mm. going to go dark. You're not gonna be able to do that anymore. So you better get used to this peacock experience or, or free cock experience. Yes, I ripped off the Band-Aid. I uh, canceled my subscription, said I've never forgiven you for canceling Swerved and uh, in the comments, and then I deleted the app, and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> You're still bitter over the Swerved, huh? Oh, such a good show. And my favorite thing about Swerved, much like the Jamie Kennedy experiment, when they told somebody they were a part of a joke, they had to explain to them what Swerved was. 
And you could tell based on the confidence the wrestler had, how much detail they went into about what Swerved was when they could tell, like, this person has no clue what it is. Like, uh, Swerved on the WWE Network. You know the WWE? I'm a WWE superstar. Here's my name. I know you don't recognize me. Like, Swerved is an interesting piece of performance art when you look at it from that perspective. Wow, that's, a, that's the best commercial from Swerved I've ever heard. I've got to go back and check this out because I didn't watch one episode of it. Oh, it's it's a low-stakes prank reality show that they right. put maybe like 20% effort into. Vince McMahon like dresses up as a security guard and tries to like punk people. Everybody who knows it's Vince McMahon, everyone coming in the building is like, oh, this is Vince doing a bit. We better humor him. Yeah. <laughs> His secretary sent a memo to everybody the night before. Play along, please. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to do this, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's something else. Swerved better than most things we've seen on WWE television lately. Uh, but tonight was okay. I mean, we had something for everyone. It was, uh, it was it got, there. It got better as we went on. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Fair, $5, saying thanks, WWE, for making your monster heel look like a B word. Which one? Great goddamn job. Oh, Braun. Okay. Right? Yeah. Braun's the monster heel. Yeah. I mean, he did get a win. He looked pretty dominant for most parts. I didn't like how much he sold for Elias, but um, I wouldn't say that he looked like a B word. Are we sure that's the monster heel he's talking about? Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Uh, maybe he's talking about the how the feet oh, looked. Or oh, Ro, okay. I see. He's talking about Roman. Yeah, I mean, but that was kind of the story they were telling with this. I'm not surprised to see Roman tap out in some capacity because I think it would have made Daniel Bryan lose credibility if this babyface is saying how he's going to tap out Roman Ryan, Roman Reigns, and he doesn't end up doing it after putting his finisher on Roman for a lot of this match. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't think I didn't think Roman looked like a bit. I mean, I thought look, look, Roman. I know we'll get to it in depth, but Roman went 30 minutes with, with arguably the best wrestler in the world mm. and a great story told and, and everything going on here. And it just it got to the point where Dana Bryan, who's this deserving guy to be in the main event of WrestleMania, story of his life, uh, just c continued to be able to sidestep him, move out of the way of a spear, was able to reverse hold. I don't think Roman looked like a bit. I just think it looked like Roman met a very worthy adversary. Yeah, Jey Uso comes in and helps him, but that that's just typical heel 101. That's not, you know, I didn't think anything more of that. So, Alfred, to you first, do they turn this into a triple threat or worse, uh, uh, Fatal 4-Way WrestleMania? My gut tells me it will be a triple threat because Reg seems like he's headed to being a heel. I don't know how he moves forward as a babyface in this feud just based on his actions tonight and how he's been acting leading up. So I, I don't know how they're going to do this, but I do see a triple threat. There's just too little time left to WrestleMania to build something for Daniel Bryan, and I could see a triple threat. And based on how they're telling the story, I wouldn't have a problem with the triple threat match at WrestleMania. Justin. Yeah, this is part of the inevitable I talked about. I mean, they had they had Daniel Bryan this involved in this in this um, in this storyline, and you're three weeks out from Mania. You're not just going to discard him and, and expect that he's going to be in an Andre Battle Royal. I mean, so it was kind of inevitable. I mean, again, I, I I'm I'm fine with how they executed it. You know, Ed, Ed just you know Adam Pierce or somebody of authority is going to come to Ed and say, look, you know. We saw it. Roman tapped. Daniel Bryan should be our new champion, but you came in and let emotion get better of you. You hit him with a chair. So I'm sorry, but you just screwed yourself. You have two people you have to contend with in order to win this title. So I'm fine with the execution. But yeah, this was inevitable. I, I, there was no other alternative to come out of this show, yeah. for, you know, other than the triple threat. Alejandro Villarreal, $5, saying Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt look like a combination between Annabelle and Boogeyman. Uh, Drew versus Sheamus made no sense. Should have added a stipulation. Yeah. Agreed. 
And we'll talk about Bray. People are going to be surprised with what I have to say about Bray and Alexa tonight. Midnight Toker, $5 saying tonight, felt like an episode of Raw. I mean, a good episode of Raw. Yeah. A better episode of Raw. Oh, this is a much better three hours than we have to deal with on Monday. Uh, combo Breaker, Buck 99. I think you fix that Peacock delay. I heard Peacock was 60 seconds behind tonight. Wow. I saw that too. Somebody put a, a screenshot, uh, several people put screenshots side by side of what the network feed was, and it would be like a whole entrance difference than what Peacock was showing. But. And that is not cool. Like, I don't want to be behind. Especially if you're following and going on Twitter and you're seeing people yeah. like reacting to a finish and you're like, wait a minute, I'm still on the lockup. I knew Seth Rollins won uh, yeah, at least a minute before I saw it. It's terrible. Although you could play some prop bets with like your, your oh, friends you <laughs> watching on Peacock. This is exactly what I think is going to happen, guys. Yeah, 50 bucks. Who wants to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Uh, Ryan W., if you thought they couldn't book The Fiend before, how the hell are they going to book this iteration? I don't know. Uh, Krona Shaw, $2. Hey, Krona. Saying, thoughts what Rhea does tomorrow night on Raw? She has to be facing Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship, right? At Mania? I could see that. Um, I see a squash match tomorrow. I see her hopefully oh, yeah. hopefully they don't do that thing where they do with new people where they just make her go forever like they did with Damian Priest with like Dana Brooke or something like that. But I could just see her going in there showcasing her moves and doing a minute squash. Yeah, possibly that, that could be it. I mean, it is interesting to have somebody debut on a brand again 20 days prior to Mania. That's normally reserved for right after Mania. And you've, you've had you've you've held her off this long after she was drafted to Raw. So yeah, I wonder. And and you know, I, I wonder too, Charlotte obviously I, I don't know if I missed this, but I had some people tell me today that Charlotte's advertisements for Mania have been pulled. Is that true? Have you? She's been that? she's been moved from the WrestleMania posters. The new ones that they're using do not have her. They're the exact same poster, but with no Charlotte. So it's very curious. So two things popped to, popped to mind then. Uh, one on e on very opposite sides of the spectrum. One, and they both involve her 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 boyfriend or fiance Andrade, who we've been exclusively reporting, who had who requested his release, got denied it. Then he tweeted earlier today some good news. We don't yet know what the good news is. At least I don't know. Maybe Rob oh. does. So, opposites on the spectrum. Either one, good news. Maybe they're having a baby. Maybe they're having a, you know having family. So that could be good news of why you'd pull her obviously out of in ring competition. Or the op very opposite is uh, his beef has now bled into her beef. Which would be very weird that they would want to let that happen. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we we I mean, we kind of discussed. You know, Alfred and I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. It's like you, you know when you have it's such a what a weird dynamic. Like you're in a household and you both work for the same employer, and and one of you is so disgruntled that you want your release, and the other one is one of the pillars that the company builds mm -hmm. around. That's you know to, to not make to not let that come in to be personal animosity, to not let that ruin your you're you're at home vibe that that's yep. a tough that's a tall task yeah yeah there's a lot of couples throughout wrestling where one's in AEW, one's in wb but there probably isn't a discrepancy between how ingrained somebody is in wb and how on the outs they are than charlotte and andrade so i i could see that leading to some friction and who knows this is just quite too much of a coincidence for me that charlotte's being removed i don't know if there's anything to this but it's something to keep your eye on i think yeah Antoine Fair clarifying. Antoine, you have to spend five dollars. Antoine <laughs> Matt Roman. Thank you, Monster Antoine. Hill, looking like the B word. Uh, Brett Murphy, five dollars, saying if you can make a better storyline, make Sasha win at Mania, beat the crap out of Bianca afterwards, continue the storyline for another couple months. Bianca needs to win at WrestleMania. Got, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about. We're not even getting into this yet. So many super chats tonight, you guys. Raj Geary taking that off and just hearing cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. <laughs> 
Jen and S two dollars. How long will the fiend rock this look? Mania. I, I'm not a huge fan. I hope this is short lived. Um. So just a couple more. Sacred Monkey Bone two dollars. No Edge should Mania spot night one versus Brian now. Oh, and then night two versus Roman. That would be interesting. Um. And then Antoine Fair five dollars saying, "Listen, I've been saying, oh, if I've been saying I'm big and I'm bad, and my family has to jump in my." enemy has to hit my opponents and I tap that's being a B in my hood. There you go. Well, this is the hood of pro wrestling and, and you're meant to be, if you're a heel, you're meant, you're, you're allotted a certain amount of chicken shit, you know, uh, phone of friends. Antoine, use another super chat to shout out your hood, please. <laughs> T spitty $3,005 is crazy. Reginald's protected more than both Sasha and Bianca. Reginald is the star. Carmela. Carmela's the Janetti. Of the the Reginald uh, Carmella pairing, Oof. Oof. no, that's how they're booking it. Yeah, like where's Carmella? What's she doing? Reginald's getting the hot spot, you know. I'm with you, Glenn. This is one of those little. This is probably the smallest thing in wrestling that pisses me off the, as much as it does. That uh, this seemed like there was some inner working. Carmella and Reginald have some plan, and that's why Reginald is going away from Carmella for now. But this seems like a legit breakup, and I thought it was so terribly done based on all they invested in the rollout of Carmella. And you're going to just kind of discard her and this comedy figure is going to kind of rise to the top. It seems so unorganized to me. Unless this is a Karate Kid 3 situation and they want us to think she's like Crease, and then Reginald's the Terry Silver of the situation. And Carmella's going to pop back up out of nowhere and freak out her opponents. Glenn, I, prom Glenn I promise you, you have just thought more about how we are positioning Reginald <laughs> than Vince has at all. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Corey Pride thanking me. Free cock. Uh Where's where's the where's the blue chew ads? Yeah, well, you've got them on on Wednesday nights. You guys are doing me holding them down. Free you know? cock, it will be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there you go. It writes itself. Uh, okay, so we're gonna jump into this. Let's talk about Fastlane tonight. We opened with Mustafa Ali versus Riddle. Riddle picking up that win, retaining the championship. How are you guys feeling about Riddle as U.S. champ? And how are you feeling about Retribution right now? I don't think there isn't a retribution. I mean, after what we saw afterwards with... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they all walked... Well, uh, Mia Yim's character walked off. Uh, slap whatever walked off. Uh, and then um, Mace and, and, and T-Bar double chokeslam. I mean, I to, to me, this is this is, this is is WWE finally going, okay, we, we missed it on this one. You know, T-Bar was kind of hinting it. He's grown his hair back. He's, you know, he's, he's changed his social media. It's kind of moving more back to the Dominic Dijakovic, feast your eyes kind of... Uh, Look, maybe he still remains a tag team with Mace, uh, aka Dio Madden, but this seems like uh, Retribution's done. Uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. Thank God. Um, I feel bad for Ali because I mean he was kind of like the one guy that you really wanted to see succeed out of this, and I don't know where that leaves him. Uh, Matt Riddle, I love I love Matt as a performer. Great that he retained it. We saw some goofiness with him later in a backstage promo. We'll get to, but uh, I, I don't know what's. I mean, I guess good that he has a title, but I don't know what else that means. Yeah, I could see a group match with Matt Riddle. Uh, it, it What makes me feel bad for Mustafa is it's so close to WrestleMania. And this is the type of angle that you would shoot at WrestleMania is a faction breaking up and kind of resetting the mood the next night. So I think it's a little premature to do this. I think this leaves retribution on the outside looking in. And not that I'm a fan of the group, but if you're going to break them up after all this time they poured into it, I, I would have rather have seen it in a couple of weeks at WrestleMania. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm most focused on, again, uh, Dio Madden and, and, and Dijakovic. I mean, they, you know, WWE has tried several times in the last few years to have that big, powerful tag team. They tried with the Viking Raiders. 
Uh, you know, they, 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 they worked in too much comedy and then there's injury there. They tried it with AOP. Injury got in the way. I think AOP is gone, right? I think they're, they're, yeah, I think they got released. Um, you know, so we, we, you know, we've seen a lot of missed power tag team. Mar- you know, they have the the group that the two Indian performers out of NXT that was there with Malcolm Bivens. The one was spoiling the main event of NXT. Oh, yeah. his Instagram stories. So I mean, this could be the next attempt here with these two big, tall, six seven guys. Mia Yim has a really high ceiling on her i think uh they could do a lot with her if they book her man but i'm saying i'm afraid she's gonna get beat up by ria that's that if that i like i hope if if mia draws a short stick and has that happen tomorrow night that that is the end of reckoning and then she comes back as Mia. absolutely that would be the way to do it take, take the hannibal Lecter mask off and let her yes Antoine Ferrer five dollars shouting out his hood Alfred uh, Jersey City aka Chilltown also was born in the Bronx New York what up yes uh (laughs) Tox Kareem Tox Kazim uh (laughs) 399 does the fiend uh swimming excrement (sighs) the feet I'll save it I'll wait yeah we'll, we'll save it's a uh, women's tag team title match. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Does the storyline still make sense? Does this make sense at all? We knew Nia and Shayna would retain. And then after Banks calling Bianca rookie, uh, smacking her, Bianca pointing at the sign. Did we need this to build up stakes on this match? Alfred. I could have done without it, to be honest. If this is a match between the EST and the woman who says she's the BEST, you don't want both of them losing back-to-back weeks leading up to WrestleMania. This is no longer about who the best is. It's just about now they're making it personal. And I like incorporating personal grudges against in feuds, but they've incorporated a personal grudge at the expense of the competitive nature. There's no longer any type of competition or a sense of we're going to see the best person. It's just uh, turned into this really weird Jerry Springer type feud. Yeah, I agree. The, the, this did no favors to either of these women who, were, who you know, look. I think this was this is one of these matches that we saw early on. I mean, that we that was going to be on the Mania card. While much of this Mania card has been in pencil, when normally it's in pen by November. Yeah, uh, we kind of saw this one early on, and this one was overly welcomed and, and 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 myself included, you know, excited about by the WWE universe. But the way they've come down the stretch with this. Of these, of both of them losing, and and then even tonight, I know that Bianca's the baby face in this, but just to have her, just I mean, talk about as 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 uh, Antoine Fair was super chain earlier. Talk about uh, excuse the wording here. Talk about making somebody look like a bitch. I mean, they just punked Bianca. I mean, Bianca's just getting slapped and just pushed around. At some, you know, and there was several stages of being pushed around by Sasha. Of oh, you, you screwed up here, you screwed up, and then the slap. And at some point, Bianca needs to just. Give it back, and 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 I'm sure we'll get that here in the, in, in an upcoming um, uh, SmackDown episode. But I don't know. I just I wasn't a fan of that. I thought this did no favor to any of these ladies at all. I'm not I'm not I'm not always a fan of the buddy cop. Let's make them tag team champions while they go in for the big singles match. Uh, mm. We've seen some of this on NXT as well. But I almost would have rather that route just so we didn't have to have either one of those ladies getting pinned tonight. It's very weird. It's very weird. I think these are two of the the biggest stars. Uh, two performers with the most charisma in all of wrestling right now, male, female, any roster. I'd put them probably in my top five in terms of charismatic star power, just exude it. Right. And here you've got them in this feud that, or this match that's got nothing and they're trying to manufacture a feud. And it's just, it's unfortunate. Bianca needs to win this and it's got to have stakes. It's got to be big, but Sasha had better 
go full heel on this. I want her to be treating Bianca the way she did Bailey five years ago, six years ago. You know, and this was like, you know what, back in February, uh, you know, Cardi B's jumping in on social media. And, you know, and I started fantasy booking in my head. Oh my God, we're going to have fans. This is, this is WWE's, you know, reintroduction of fans. God, you could have Cardi B singing Bianca to the ring. Snoop can sing Sasha. I mean, you can make a major wow. event out of this. And it's it's all just kind of right there in your hand. You have Snoop on speed dial. And Cardi B just didn't, just jumped herself in on, on WWE social media. And, and that blew up. And I just, this just feels like such a missed. And, and, and okay, you don't have to do that. That's, that's my fantasy booking. But just book it right. Don't ha- keep having these two keep losing in right. some fashion or another. Made no sense at all. Don't like it. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Uh, also, not sure I get this. I mean, we had the Intercontinental Championship match, Apollo Crews versus Big E. So, very intense promos Friday that they both cut. They really heated the, uh, up this rivalry. But here we are, Apollo under his new character, and he lost here. Awkward pinfall, but he did retain. Yeah, if they needed a test run, this is a match and a result that I didn't want heading into what I think is going to be a WrestleMania match between Big E and Apollo Crews. I mean, Apollo Crews kept saying, this is not over! So he's going to be back, and they're going to have some match. So why do you have to beat him here? Like, if this was going to be a test run, maybe if they're thinking that way, it might have been better for tonight to be like a preview show, or maybe you get a couple of angles run, because they had a really quick match, and, you know, it was like a dusty finish, and now Apollo's probably going to say that Big E's shoulders were on the floor. But uh, this, I think, did damage what I think has been a good feud, and the fact that Apollo lost really slows it down. And he beat him up after, so he still looks Yeah, strong. he got his heat back, and that's that's good. Yeah, the... the- the the finishing sequence, uh, I, I you know I'm not I still don't know was that the sequence was was that supposed was that how it was supposed to go I don't know, um, but prior to that I was really you know I'm really into the, the Apollo Crews embracing you know he he was Uha Nation that was his name prior to WWE you know him going back to embracing his his roots and you know yeah yeah he's doing the accent thing or what have you but I'm okay with it like this to me I'm like God this just feel like we should have done this four years ago rather than just sticking in with Apollo Cruz and then Cruz and just him just being just very generic so I'm good for that Big E I love the fact that I see him turn it into that fifth gear and he's usually the very happy you know you know fun loving Big E but the, the the trash talking he was doing and the repeated you know cross body slams and you asked for this ass whooping and this is all about respect I was in on this. This was the highlight of the first hour of the show for me. And then, yeah, the finish was like, uh, what was that? That just, you know, and I couldn't even rewind it because I couldn't rewind on Peacock. And they didn't show a replay, so I still don't know what happened. Uh, but then, yeah, gets the heat back after the match, Apollo does. It's not over. That's fine that's not over. I'm just so happy both of these guys are in, like, I mean, Big E's got a world title picture in 2021. It is barring injury, it seems inevitable. And Big E's trash talking was phenomenal in this match. I loved it. It's really good. Um, so yeah, I hope they, uh, come up with something really effective and special after this. Hey, let's take a moment. Thank the sponsor of this episode. You know, all about stereo, you know, about the after show as it were, we took this week off. Matt Morgan and I are going to be back this upcoming week. And if you want to check it out, if you want to ask your questions, if you want to hear more about my road trip, you want to hear more stories. If you want to hear, uh, what I've got going on and where I'm moving, I will, uh, I will just say this. If there's any contractors or people that do uh, kitchens or bathrooms or paint 
or floors in the greater Las Vegas metropolitan area, please reach out to me because I have some questions and I will talk more on stereo about this move and what we're looking at with this uh, uprooting. This is a chance for Matt Morgan and I to do an after show where we talk more about our lives, what Matt is doing with his local community, what we're doing both with uh, mental health, physical health, uh, taking your questions, talking about diet plans, getting into crazy stories we never even touch on this podcast. And of course, uh, a full 360 degree look into our day-to-day lives. The after party, as it were, on Stereo. Now, Stereo is the live social conversation app where you can be a host, be a part of someone else's conversation, or simply listen. They've got thousands of live social conversations. Lots of comedians are on there. Lots of podcasts are on there. And we've been doing the exclusive after show, as it were, every week on Stereo. Matt Morgan and myself, NYC Demon Diva, Issa has also been doing uh, a show on Stereo each week. And uh, what's great is that you can listen to it live. You can listen to it later on demand. You can ask your audio questions. We've heard so many of your voices. In fact, that's how Isa became a co-host of Friday night. She asked a question. We loved her personality. We uh, had her as a guest and then was like, this is fantastic. Let's add her to the panel. So we want you to participate on this. Download the stereo app. It's available on iOS or Android. And the first thing I want you to do on there is follow me, Glenn Rubenstein. Also follow Matt Morgan and NYC Demon Diva. You'll get notified when we go live and uh, you'll find out when we're going to be back this week for the after show as it were. Justin, Alfred, you guys got to get on stereo. We got to start doing this. We got to start having you on. Sounds doing awesome. these chats. They're so much fun. So much fun. Uh, so thank you again to Stereo for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. <clears throat> and uh, we look forward to resuming the after show as it were this week. <sighs> I'd much rather talk about my move and what I'm dealing with than Braun Strowman versus Elias. Shane McMahon injured himself today. What was what's, what's up with that, Justin? Well, so that's there's a lot of questions surrounding that. They initially had advertised that Braun was going to take on Shane for Fastlane, which that scratched a lot of our heads because, you know, that seemed like this was just, um, you know, Shane McMahon comes around for a grudge mania match, you know, every year. I was like, Fastlane, really? And then they just took it off. Um, and and then they revisit, I guess, kind of trying to acknowledge that they had <laughs> scheduled the match, and so they pulled this whole Shane injury thing. So I don't know what it is. I I I just assume that it's as simple as they, you know, they they promoted for Fastlane uh, premature, and it's actually just a match they want to have at Mania, and Shane's gonna jump off the the pirate ship. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's what I just figured this is. Um, I, you know, I guess we'll see. That that's what I assume. And this is just a way to kind of like if, if you did happen to you know want to tune into the show, that is, I mean, that's a pretty big. That, that that's one of your feature things. If you're saying Shane versus Braun. I guess they figured as a make good, we need to acknowledge it, and somehow we need to at least put Braun out there. We need to have Braun do something. I, I, I guess, you know, I don't know. Yeah, this match tonight, though. I mean, Elias with Jackson Riker versus Braun Strowman. This feels like a replay of things we've seen so many times before, and not the Symphony of Destruction match was the peak of Elias and Braun. Yeah, and that wasn't that was a very underrated match. I think I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, this just felt uninspired. Like, why did this need to be on the card? Why didn't if Shane was really hurt? Why didn't they fake that Braun beat him up or jumped him or? Sure. Yeah, it did. I mean, like I said, I, maybe this is just a weird make good attempt. But uh, even I mean, even I, I always like seeing Shane perform, and it's always fun. And I'm, and I'm a, a Braun fan, and again, they'll probably do some crazy, stupid stunt at Mania. But they, even this whole feud, you know, the stupid, the slime, it's just. Come 
Yeah, the one thing I will say, this might have been the best thing that could happen for this feud because it wasn't a cartoon. It was Braun Strowman looking like a monster instead of looking like an idiot like he's looked the past few weeks. At least we saw him get a clean win. I mean, ever since he's come back, not even for the Shane feud, just for the Elimination Chamber when he said he wanted to be in the chamber and he couldn't get through his mind that he wasn't a former WWE champion. So they've just been doing a lot of bad things with Braun that involve non-wrestling segments. So just, just see him like beat somebody up and get a win was the best thing that could have happened for this character. Yeah. Oh, I just, I don't know. This this was a fast-moving pay-per-view, and I didn't necessarily need to happen. Yeah. Uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins, Justin agreed with your tweet, re-Apollo Cruz, so much upside with him, and should have been done much earlier. Oh, this should have been done much earlier. Also, what do you see long-term for The Fiend? Well, we'll get to The Fiend here in a second, but I guess just to, just to tease uh, my answer, uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins, I, I think that they are going to have to Again, pull some more hocus pocus of. I mean, this this might be. I don't. I don't think what we saw tonight, the look of the fiend, is his next evolution. I don't think this is here to stay for the next year. I think this is obviously a response to what was done to him back in December. Which actually, kudos to them. They actually were able to keep him off TV uh, for that long of a time period, which is an eternity in this day and age. Um, but but I think you know, he'll step into the magic well. Alexa will blow some potion on him. Something will happen that he gets reborn and finds his old look or, or at least maybe it's an advanced of a look but he, he won't be in this burnt marshmallow ghostbusters one uh, <laughs> you know you know you know you know when rick moranis and sigourney weaver stop being burnt dogs again they you know they, they they're all covered and you know this is this would not be the look long term is, is my point but we'll get we'll get more into it here shortly yeah. And there is a you know precedent for that. They had Kane, whose story was that he was burnt to a crisp, and when he took his mask off, you saw the burn marks. But within weeks, he was just like a regular guy under with no mask on. Yeah, and, and shout out to Tom Savini and the Pittsburgh crew here. They they they're the ones that uh, originally filmed the the Firefly Funhouse uh, in a set studio here in Pittsburgh first before they WWE took it on the road, and then they're the ones who designed the Fiend mask and a lot of a lot of the the visuals the Fiend has used, and they were again uh, responsible for the burnt to the crisp that we saw tonight oh well, there you go um so after that seth rollins versus shinsuke nakamura with seth winning what'd you think of this a lot of people had really high hopes for this match I thought it achieved them. I thought this is where, from a wrestling standpoint, this pay-per-view peaked. I don't think the wrestling was any better than this match. They went back and forth. Shinsuke is, seems like he's in the best shape of his career. I mean, this looked like 2013 Shinsuke Nakamura. And him and Seth Rollins worked a back-and-forth match. Seth introduced some new moves that I liked, like a new insecurity thing that he's doing. I just like this match as a wrestling match, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there was no stakes to this, so it was kind of empty in that regard. But yeah, this this is this was where the show turned. This is where the it picked up. I said hour one kind of you know, eh. Um, Alfred just said uh, there was it was a spot where there was a um, a sliding German from one of them. Yeah, and there was another spot where Seth like leapfrogged over Shinsuke and hit the Insiguri from behind. I mean, yeah. So it was you know it was a good it was a really good wrestling match again. Not a lot of stakes. I get very. I think this is what supposed to happen. I get very like. I mean. Seth Rollins is the heel to me. I get very annoyed by him. Not not the go away X Pocky, which I don't really believe in, but I I see him. And I'm like, man, I just want this guy to get his ass kicked. But at all things told, he's a he's a great bell to bell performer. So good to see him back. Him and Shinsuke, fun 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 combination here. Did you ever compile a list, Justin, of all the wrestling things you believe in? I don't believe in X Pocky. I believe NXT is the main roster. Like um, you've got like a good list of a dozen 
Clubarisms at this point. Yeah, I could probably make a book at this point. This could be a podcast on stereo. It could be. It yeah. could be. It could be. I could create a manual of, uh, you know, yeah. Like I said earlier, doesn't always have to be. It, it, predictable is okay as long as it's logical. Uh, another one. Why do they reset the broadcast table back up? If you break the broadcaster's table, make them suck it out, sit there in chairs, the monitors on the floor. Don't reset the <laughs> table. It just makes it just cheapens the spot. That happened later in the night here. I have a lot of things that I, I have. I have, I have beliefs. I do. It's wrong. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it's refreshing to hear. I feel like people are just like they 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 got an earful of me and uh, Matt Morgan's beliefs. I feel like you know, <laughs> crescendo as it were. Uh, they could, yeah, it's just we no, probably repeated a little bit. I have sir. I I think right now I think it's no longer the big big four. I think it's the big five pay per views. Money in the bank oh. is the number five. Oh, for sure. Uh, I have a lot. Of, I mean, I mean, if I was going to be a politician in the pro wrestling world, I have a clear stance on issues. Uh, I don't know what side. I don't know if I'm left or right. <laughs> or if I'm heel or face, or if I'm main event or jobbing, but I have clear issues that I. You're a have. bipartisan wrestling fan, Justin. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. bring both sides of the aisle together. <laughs> My biggest uh, edict is I cannot solve the world's problems. I wish I could, but if I'm ever put in charge, I'm going to outlaw the stock music they use for real estate listings that go up on YouTube because it's the same song for every video slideshow. That's 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 my hell I've been in. That's your hill to die on, huh? Yeah, yeah. I put my foot down. The stock music is just beat. We need something new. Alfred, uh, give me some tax law. What hill are you dying on? <laughs> I don't know when it comes to tax law. You know, um, we'll die on a hill about the fiend and brave. I feel like this is a hill I'm going to have to die on. When we get into the fiend versus uh, or Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. I'll die on that hill. Yeah, and there's a lot to talk about. There's kind of why oh, I'm yeah. jumping through some of this other stuff because it's like, look, Rollins, okay, like where does Rollins go for manias? Cesaro? Yes. yes. For almost for sure, yeah. Okay. So him winning over Shinsuke makes sense tonight. This match, no holds barred, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre with no stakes whatsoever. A long knockdown, drag out, beat him up match. Really good. Drew McIntyre won. They really tried to tell the story. I like the Braveheart face paint. Uh, enjoyed a lot of the presentation of this, but but why did this match happen, Alfred? Your thoughts? This match should have happened. This I don't think any of those ROM matches should have happened. They should have always well. built to this. And the fact that you saw Drew McIntyre come out and he's wearing his war paint, like they really did a good job building to this match as being a big deal. My question is, like somebody brought up earlier, this should have had a stipulation that whoever wins this match gets to face Lashley. The announcement a couple weeks ago on Raw shouldn't have just been that, oh yeah, by the way, Drew McIntyre is facing Lashley. They should yeah. have said the winner of this match between Drew and Sheamus is going to face Lashley. But I absolutely love this match. It's just that you can only get emotionally involved so much if you're almost certain that you know Sheamus is not going to win this match, and it's just being done to set up Drew for Lashley. But I, you know, again, they've wrestled three of these really physical matches, and they've all been different, and they've all really satisfied me. I just didn't see the need for this. Do you think, and not to be a complete cynic about this, but that's because I, I mean, do you think that with Mania and the announcement that there's going to be fans, they had to dangle Drew because if people thought, well, maybe it'll be Sheamus versus Bobby. I don't think people are necessarily buying tickets. That's not influencing someone's decision. Maybe, but I my counter to that, Glenn, would be they just they're not sold out, but they moved a lot of tickets this past Friday with the option to be able to buy individual night or buy both nights. And they haven't even told us one single damn match that's gonna mm, be out that night. Okay. You have no idea if you buy night, if you buy only night two, you don't know what's on night two. If you buy only night you so I don't know if I'd buy that. It's it, Alfred's right. They should have never had these other past Raw matches. Look, they had a video package 
that was one of the best video packages I've seen in a while before this match, where they had yeah. both Sheamus and Drew, who did specific voiceovers for this package. This was not just pulling soundbite clips from their um, from their promos on, on Raw. They, they, they both followed a script of 20 years ago. 20 years ago, they showed all the archive footage of them from from Scotland and Ireland and, and growing up. And, and like so, the footage and then the intensity of this match, like yeah, this this. This was one of the most well-built matches. That's not even at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and at Topper's point, they kept wording this as like once Drew did win, they kept wording it as now Drew's got you know business shoved aside. He can focus on Mania. No, it should have been he doesn't get to Mania unless he wins this match. Uh, you know, it was hard hitting. I've said this before. I tweeted something like this. Whenever you have two talents who are such good friends who have worked with each other and who have so much trust with each other, you know you're going to get an intense one. Because there is no concern about being too stiff. There's such trust with each other. You got that tonight. These two guys borderline were in a shoot fight. Still protecting each other where you have to protect, but they were borderline in a shoot fight because they won't have it any other way. They don't want to embarrass the other one by going too soft. So this was very fun to watch. But yes, at the end of the day, it was like, well, why am I watching this? Yeah. Which is weird because if I was in like a, a match with Matt Morgan and we're friends, I would be like, just cradle me when you when you just support me, ex extra support when you slam me down. Just Brother, really watch, watch, watch my neck. Brother me softly. Yes. <laughs> uh Stellar Justin Lopez, 499. I wish I could have invested in the match more. Seemed great, but it was hard for me yeah. when we knew Drew was winning and there were no stakes. That came to my mind during that video package. It was such a great package. They had so much history to work off. I'm just like, well, then why the hell would they not just like build this for a stipulation? Like they really built this up. Everything about this seemed like a WrestleMania caliber feud, except the fact that they already had Drew McIntyre's opponent announced for the future. Yeah, what the hell does Sheamus do at WrestleMania? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Andre yeah. Battle Royal. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is going to be. Which is interesting because when what we're in a couple months ago oh they're really high on him he might get another world title run they're you know he's going to be a top star on raw that's why they're moving him over i mean i don't know it's just it's funny you have to wonder how much the talent believes it too right right when they get these moves and this hype and stuff like that matthew pierce 499 okay i'm not sure exactly what he's referring to uh gato gato he's saying about uh, new japan yeah, New Japan. That's right. That happened last night. I saw his interest on TikTok, and it was awesome. Didn't see it. I haven't seen that. That must be talking about the New Japan Cup pay per view. I have yet to see that too, but I will get into that uh, sometime this weekend. Oh, cool. Uh, Jared Wilson, that old Spice segment with our truth was gold. So I, I was, I was on a call with my realtor during that. But tell, tell everyone what happened uh, during that segment. It was the. It was the Old Spice Joe Average trying to sell Old Spice, and uh, and we see that our truth is disguised behind the old, the the big display of Old Spice, and then Tazawa shows up with the ref, and then uh, Truth ends up Truth ends up coming into it. Basically, the Joe Average ends up winning the twenty four seven title for a minute, and then Truth wins it back. Tazawa's mad that Joe Average took his opportunity and. Uh, Archer, Archer stole some free Old Spice and ran off. We just recapped an Old Spice commercial. <laughs> Next up, AT&T uh, commercials of uh, women calling their elderly fathers from the 1990s. Uh, so Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. Let's talk about this. Good build up for this. They've, they've really been... 
pushing the the smoke and mirrors, as it were, uh, in the build up to this. We saw a recap of the highlights, the fire, the black stuff, uh, uh, the dark arts, if you will. Um, then we went to the match, and she was toying with them a lot, but this was really just building up to where we saw the burnt hand come out from beneath the ring, the fiend with his new charred look. And Bray Wyatt, the fiend is back. Alexa Bliss covered the pin in the win. Um, Alfred, your thoughts on this first? Okay, so this is a hill that I am willing to die on in terms of what I believe in wrestling. I believe very much in managing our expectations. Like, I understand this has been a very polarizing feud. I've come on this podcast week in and week out. As soon as this feud got supernatural, wasn't a fan of it. Supernatural stuff, maybe not my cup of tea. But once I realized that that's the direction they were going, I am now judging this feud strictly as a supernatural feud. I'm treating it like it's a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And as a corny supernatural feud, I had no problem with this. I thought this was exactly what I really thought was going to happen. Could have done without Alexa Bliss beating Randy Orton and the referee not doing anything about all this outside interference because this is not a stipulation match from what we were sold. But I had no problem with this. I thought if this is the direction they're going, they're clearly doing something supernatural. I'm just going to enjoy it because if I really try to invest too much into this and look between the holes, you're going to find all kinds of logic gaps, but they're just trying to do some hocus pocus. Why not? You know, I'm along for the ride. Let's all go to hell together. (laughs) Well, when you say it that way, it sounds really, really (laughs) so inviting. Yeah. Look, I, yeah, I, this might be unpopular and I don't, you know, maybe to the audience that's listening to us right now, watching, I'm good with this. I'm not going to say that every time I'm going to want Hocus Pocus over a five-star classic, but I probably appreciate more the story and the smoke and mirrors over what is might perceive to be a five-star classic when it really isn't, but it's just a whole lot of whatever. I'm okay with this. I'm fine. My mind is over the years, we have been in awe and we didn't complain at least not the mass, mass majority, we didn't complain when The Undertaker did any of the things that he ever did. You know, ex- uh, you know, ascended to heaven, was buried alive, what have you. Cain set on fire, set other people on fire. We saw a lot of magic in the past. That is, is some, for a lot of us, is some of the greatest, you know, clips that we can remember from, from that particular era. And so WWE is in a situation where they had this amazing character in The Fiend and who Bray Wyatt has incredible control over. I can tell you this, folks. He's not just being given a script and told you're doing this. He has a ton of creative control in, yes, this is where we're going. No, we're not doing this. Hence, while he was able to stay off of TV since December. That's, that, that is an eternity in today's age of, of WWE with the amount of program they have. So when they're on a closed set with a character like him and when you can pre-tape things and you can do all the, the, the tricks they have, I don't blame them. Um, he's not going to be burned and fried forever. He's going to have to eventually c- come out of uh, out of this. But I'm fine with this. Again, I, I appreciate five star matches, but I also appreciate just some entertainment. I, I appreciate the smoke and mirrors. So I was fine with this. It, and, and, by the way, again, this is what I talked about at the start of this. This is inevitable. We knew the only way out of Alexa Bliss for Randy Orton wasn't going to RKO <laughs> Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss wasn't going to hit her. Whatever her what's her face, little Miss Bliss, or whatever. The inevitable Twisted here, Bliss. Twisted Bliss. Thank you. The the inevitable was the fiend has to resurface. We're three weeks before <laughs> Mania. We need out of this. So that's how they did it. You know, scaffolding. The lights are falling. Fire shooting up everywhere. Orton's got a chronic COVID throw up stuff. <laughs> you, know, this, you know, I mean, this is this is the inevitable. Just sit back and watch. 
Raj is bitching about it. I don't know why he's bitching about it. This is this is fun. <laughs> but let's talk about Bray's new burnt look. I my I first thought of me instantly of like Toxic Avenger or Swamp yes, Thing. It looked yes. kind of like one of the hokier Friday the Thirteenth movies. When Jason, like, I want to say, like, part it, you know, at the start of the movie, when Jason comes out and he's got like all the crud on him, or at the end after he's been set on fire, it looked like that. I mean, I'm not dissing the level of special effects, but special effects is so much about lighting and presentation, right? And if you don't have it lit properly or just off a little bit, something that can look epic and creepy can look silly and, uh, you know, dollar store the next moment if it's just not lit and shot correctly. And I just thought this didn't look as great as the fiend did when we first saw him, you know, it was a tad bit deflating. I will say it was on the hokey side to see the reveal, uh, but I didn't think it was so much. So where it's like, this is the takeaway. Like a lot of people are going to show the screenshots of what he looked like, you know, he's burned to a crisp. They're following the storyline protocol. I mean, who am I to, you know, critique the, the costume guy. It, it looks like they did put a lot of work in it, but it did seem a little overproduced. To be fair, we've seen guys get burnt or have severe things done to them, and within two weeks they're back on TV looking as regular and normal as possible. So at least, yes. again, you know, since December, at least they are selling what has kept him away from TV for this long. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, I'm the public defender that was assigned to the storyline. <laughs> I am I'm the excited. public defender. I'm excited he's back. I like this storyline. I just think that, you know, the, the big reveal was that, and it's the same way too. Like, do you ever watch a horror movie and you're like, oh, the atmosphere is so good and the story is so good. And then they show the killer or the monster. Like you finally yes. see it and you're like, oh. That was know? Signs for me. Signs was leading up <laughs> until the reveal of the aliens. It was one of my favorite movies of all time. Like the first 90 minutes of Signs is great. And then you see the aliens and you're just like, oh. And it completely ruined the movie for me. Like, I think it's a bad movie because of the reveal of the aliens. I thought Insidious was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen. Then they showed Darth Maul, and I was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. The secret of science was not seeing and not knowing. Once That's you, what made it so scary. Right. Once you saw it, and you're like, oh, water does the trick. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Same thing in Jaws. I mean, Jaws, they knew in the first one not to show the shark too much. And that's what the sequel suffered from that, you know? Yeah. Although, how menacing did the shark look in Jaws 2 after the shark got burnt? <laughs> yeah. Jar to a crisp. Looked delicious. Yeah. I mean, but, but I will say this. As public defender, though, I will, I will have to counter myself. Where do they go from here? I mean, because you, you can't have, you know, Charge, Fiend versus Orton in just a regular match. I mean, we already saw, what was in Orlando, we saw Bray and, and Orton in a match, and they had the, oh. the crazy LED shit on the, the ring. I mean, I assume the only answer for Mania is another cinematic, like yeah. like Funhouse kind of match. They have to just go deep into the psychedelic because there's nothing you can do in front of the live crowd that's going to be able to satisfy. So here's a question. What happens to the Bray Wyatt character, the human version? Is he going to be charred too, or is he just going to be normal Bray Wyatt? No, no he can't be charred because that I, – I think I think it's very – that's actually a really good question. I think it's very important that he's not charred. It's very important if we see him next, which maybe that's what we do, He's back in sweater vest and normal because he's he's separate. He's not him. Right. You know, I think that's I think he's that, all bandaged up. He's recovering, he's healing. I don't think so, because he's he's a different person. He always refers to the fiend as him. He's a different yeah. person. But then we could do the swerve where he's all bandaged up, and then the fiend appears, you think it's Bray, and the bandages, they could do a little switcheroo. Orton goes into the Firefly Funhouse to try to conquer this. 
Yeah. And John Cena's been trapped in the Firefly Funhouse. We have not seen him since last year, man. Wow. John Cena's in the house, and John Cena helps him get out of the house. I can see that. The two Marines working together. Cena's in Vancouver filming this movie, right? He can't get to Mania. Send, certainly the film crew can, can at lunch, film something for him to... Randy Orton, uh, Alfred got dismissed from the. He Marines did, here. yes, that that is right. It was Ted DiBiase Jr. <laughs> it's fun while it lasted. I, I hate that I know that. I hate that I just corrected you on Marine movie trivia. You're Why like do a, I know this? Because you're the WWE Studios biographer. You re, you revealed that years ago to us. <laughs> if I had time, oh, I would do a podcast, and we would just watch WWE Studios films. Just you know, dive into them. Fun. That could be fun. Danny Cochran, 499, just listened to the last podcast where Alfred talked about his date. Bobby yes. Brain instantly came to mind when he said he's the man. I need to know the story. <laughs> so, so, Glenn, you would love this. I, let, me, let, me, let me set you up, Alfred. So sure. we've, had, we've had the wonderful people at Manscaped as our sponsor on these Wednesday night podcasts. And a couple weeks ago when we were promoting Manscaped and their wonderful products, Alfred was saying how he had a date upcoming this, the upcoming weekend. And, you know, Manscaped was going to be, obviously, he's going to have to, you know, you put it to use. And we said, and then the fans spoke. They wanted follow-up. They wanted follow-up. And social, even before we hit record last Wednesday, the social media was buzzing of, like, they wanted follow-up on his date. So I had to. I had to set him up. And, and he, he was smart not to uh, uh, kiss and tell all, but he did at least just tell us that the Manscaped came in handy. He wouldn't give us much more than that, but the 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 the, the, the wrestling podcast audience is on the hook for for Alfred's dating world right now. Yeah, guys, I don't want to turn this into OnlyFans, but I'm trying to say <laughs> what I can in saying that Manscaped came through. I was more aerodynamic. I did receive compliments on the area. And listen, it's, I had a great Manscaping session. And uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Thank you, Manscaped. I have their cologne right here. Even a different scent. Different scent, too. Aerodynamic. I put that on. She goes, what's that smell? And you go, that's the scent of inevitability, baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a scent. <laughs> I, I manscaped. I took blue chew. There's a scent of inevitability <laughs> coming here. Yeah, <laughs> putting it down. Oh man. Um. So, uh, yeah. If you want to get that manscaped experience, use our code INC. Save some money. Get free shipping. Thank Manscaped for being a longtime sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Thank you. Guys. Same with blue chew. Five dollars. Just pay five dollars shipping and handling for a free sample of blue chew. Uh, trying to get all the plugs in. We got a great audience tonight. Wrestling's. I, I I don't know. This we haven't seen a number for a live show since the Rumble. And Fastlane is normally not a hot pay-per-view, but I think this is where Peacock, it was a little smart mm -hmm. for them to put it out there um, and get people excited about this, you know? This is also the first time ever this this trio. I think this is a winning combination. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, uh, Jackson Callens, 499, saying, has the Fiender Bray back out of this now if it doesn't work out? I mean, I don't know, Shrug. That's a good question. I mean, we were talking, I don't know if it was with you, Justin, but we were talking about the Bray Wyatt character. No, Jack Farmer and Raj. But they were talking about how this character tends to start hot and then just kind of burn out. This is what happened with the Wyatt family, where I was in the building when they debuted in L.A., and it was the hottest thing on the show uh, outside of Brock Lesnar on SummerSlam. And then that character burned out, and we're kind of seeing the same cycle play out here. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I've i been on I, – I, the fact that it was uh, – God, it was like, what? Two years ago, this June, that the whole Firefly Funhouse stuff even started, or, or two two years oh, yeah. in May, I feel like two years in May. I mean, I feel like they've gotten a lot out. I feel like they've they've managed to pace. I mean, never mind the this is where he didn't have control. Never mind the um, you know getting beat by Goldberg stuff. Was it Goldberg? Yeah. Well, there, yeah. there was the, there was a hell in a cell with Seth where they stopped the match. Sure. 
and then I think it was him losing to Goldberg. I mean, it, th- that stuff has been, you know, that that was Vince pulling the Trump card of I, I need Goldberg and Mania. But otherwise, the stuff he's had control over, I think it's been a pretty good story evolution of the characters and the Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so I'm, I still give it hope. And I'm a fan of Bray Wyatt the person, just in terms of his mind creatively. So as many chances as he needs, if they do go another direction, I'm always going to be here for it because I just am yeah. a big fan of his mind. Uh, Bear Hudson, $5, saying, I love the new Fiend look. Gives him a scarier, darker look, and it makes opponents afraid to face him. If they build him properly, this can work. But that's the thing about the darkness. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't light him light him minimally. Mm-hmm. He should be, you know, you don't want to put too much light on it because then you start to see the problems. Uh, or, you know, it's like mood lighting is everything on this. Um... Terry Allen Jr., 501, song reality check, Justin, downloaded from Amazon. Did the artist create it or both? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, he's referring to, there's a song called Reality Check that was for my Wrestling Reality podcast, which has kind of been basically on a, a year's hiatus, but um, it's it's by an awesome artist named Montezzi. It is all him. I, I had no input. It was one of those ones where he sent it to me, and I loved it. Um, he actually, he's on, Montezzi is a co-host on the podcast on the WWE Network that uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott does. Oh, Montezzi also uh, has done theme music. He does Big Swole's music. Um, who else? Nice. There's several other talents in AW because they can have a little bit more free range. But he's he, mm-hmm. a, a super talented guy. Uh, big shout out to him. Um, but yeah, he he was a just a, a great fan. We got we got connected via mutual friends. Have gotten to hang out over the years. Haven't seen him obviously in the last year. Miss him. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's all him. All him. Awesome. So please, yeah, download it. Uh, any purchase, it all goes to him. Well deserved. Check it out. Very cool. Bet Chaffin, $5, asking the real questions. What's your favorite movie soundtrack or song? I tend to listen to Cool Summer from The Karate Kid by Bananarama. Soundtrack. I mean, I love the Goodfellas soundtrack. I love the Armageddon soundtrack. Footloose was pretty dope. Footloose? The 8 Mile soundtrack. Well, I mean... Oh, 8 Mile soundtrack is dope. I love that. But you know what I have? I have MP3s that somebody recorded from the DVD of the end, the end freestyle rap battles. Like I'll listen to that. Oh yeah, multiple times a week. That's not on the soundtrack, unfortunately. Wish it were. I, that's where I go to YouTube for that. Yes. How about how about Anthony Mackie who played? There was a big feature in him in People Magazine this month. And how about like he had just finished Juilliard, walked right on to Eight Mile, and did and played Papa Doc. Mm-hmm. And like, and then his career just explodes. Obviously, he's in the he's in the Avengers stuff. I mean, it's his. I think he played Tupac, and I think it was the big yeah, he played, movie. yeah. Tupac, he notorious. Tupac. Anthony, I, I was just my wife and I were talking, reading that article the other day about Anthony Mackie, and yeah, we, we pulled up the the Papa Doc clip. That's why I bring it up. Did you watch the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet? I haven't seen. it. I haven't even heard anything about it. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, it's it is. I mean, it feels like a Marvel movie. Um, it's got layers to it. It's, it's a different type show than you think. They started off with a very movie type action sequences, but the storytelling they're doing on there, it feels like an AMC prestige drama. You know, it feels like you're watching, uh, like Rubicon or counterpart or one of those shows. I'm, I'm really into it. I thought WandaVision was fantastic and ended really well. And this is just, I mean, this is like, they're putting out a series that's finally the same quality as the movies, no disrespect to the Netflix shows or agents of shield, but this is like a whole other level, you know? Nice. Love that. Yeah, first episodes online. And there was a great surprise that was not spoiled uh, before. So, yeah, I recommend checking it out. Uh, but it was cool. So, uh, Matthew Pierce, 499, saying Bray's character is a fizzled because they kept beating him. 
Well, he's definitely winning over Randy. You'd think. You'd hope. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pantaleo, Buck 99, saying Manscaped should make a buzzer called the Razor Remote. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, so let's talk about so much. So much in the chat. I love our chat room. Like, I have to not get distracted by the chat, chat room because they're talking about soundtracks and they're talking about the deleted eight mile battle rap scenes. Yeah. And, just, and the fun uh, story behind that is they told Eminem not to say anything because his voice was kind of failing on him. They wanted that to be pantomiming for a montage. And then he just ended up like he was so competitive. He just ended up just roasting all those guys. Very fun. Are the deleted scenes on YouTube? Oh, they yeah. are. I watch them a lot of too. Just like Glenn. Yeah. Uh, and this is where I feel like, like, like more of a millennial where, I mean, I actually, like, the ending of 8 Mile gets me more pumped than the ending of any Rocky film. Yeah. Like, I mean, so Rocky good. was great, though. I don't, I don't <laughs> but it was a good ending. Yeah, and 8 Mile is one of the greatest endings in all movie history. Um, so, uh, let's see. Oh, then we come to the main event. The Universal title match, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns with Edge as the guest enforcer. Will Jay Uso interfere? Undoubtedly. Um, Alfred, do you first? What'd you think of this epic match that we saw tonight? I really, and that's how I would describe it. I thought it was epic. I thought it was slow to get going, but this is a formula for Roman Reigns that I've kind of gotten used to. Is they kind of needs a little time to tell a story. You're going to get a lot of Roman Reigns talking trash, and then they build it. And by the time this match got going, there was a lot of suspense. I was not a hundred thousand percent sure that Roman Reigns is going to. Re- retain as sure as I was when it came into it. So I actually liked it. I liked the storytelling with Daniel Bryan and Edge continuing to have strife. And, you know, not to pat myself on the back at all. This is to prove a point. Like on Friday, this is the exact scenario that I picked out. Was, oh, well, they keep emphasizing Roman Reigns is going to tap out. So he must, he's probably going to tap out and Edge isn't going to see it. And it's going to build more friction. And the fact that I'm right isn't that I'm a genius or anything like that, which I am, but I'm, that's not why. It's because... <laughs> an it's aerodynamic because, an aerodynamic genius. A very aerodynamic genius, exactly. Thank you, Manscaped. But it's because they're telling a story that I'm invested in that if you can see the end and it, like Justin said earlier tonight, if it's predictable, then that means that maybe they're telling an effective story that uh, you know is logical. And I thought it was a very logical finish the way they did this. Yeah, you know, I said it some... Uh, a couple Fridays ago, cheap plug, uh, every Friday morning I'm on Busted Open Radio and Sirius XM with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca, and I said to them several Fridays ago, I said, this this build to this uh, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, it's not the first time ever that we've seen him, it's not the first, but given where they each, given where Daniel's at in his career, having come back from being told he was going to be done wrestling, given where Roman's at as a heel with the Paul Heyman presentation, this felt mania worthy itself which again yep. just made fast lane that much more just head scratching of like mm-hmm. um great match obviously the longest match of the night it, it was a great story and like alfred said i don't think i ever got to the point to where i really felt that reigns wasn't going to leave the night as champion i just i that I, I couldn't buy into but they did get me it was like every time brian would counter and reverse i'm like yeah. Well, how are they going to get out of this one? <laughs> they did have me at that point. You know, I was like, "How is how is it going to happen?" Great match, uh, as I said earlier at the top of the, at the top of the show or earlier on in the show. You know, this the inevitable it's triple threat. Edge Edge has just screwed it himself. He's going to make it this tart harder on himself, uh, blinded by rage, um, using the chair on Brian. So I'm here for it, and that I will say, come Mania, and I'm sure some combination of the three of us or all three of us will be talking post Mania night one yeah. or night two. 
I don't know what the outcome is at Mania because I could see the case for Reigns retaining. Brian, you can never count Brian out. I was in New Orleans for Mania 30. You can never count Brian out. And then, of course, you think, okay, Edge, the big story is we give him one last hurrah. But I don't think any of the three are clear-cut, absolute obvious choices. Yeah, I and I, I really do want to – I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I want to just counter really quickly the point made earlier about how Roman Reigns looked. I thought he looked stronger in the fact that – I mean, Daniel Bryan, the story was uh, Roman Reigns has not been on the mat for a long time with a lot of elite grapplers. And he was on the mat a lot for Daniel Bryan, and he took that yes lock, and he was in the last lock for a very long time, and the announcers did a good job building up, like, how much longer can he take this? His whole shoulder is going to give out, and Roman Reigns to hang in for as long as he did on that yes lock – encounter it and it took a long time for it to actually work on i thought that made him look stronger yeah no, i agree with that um but yeah when he was tapping out and it was oh, the ref wasn't seeing it i mean it was just kind of textbook oh he's daniel bryan still looks strong so then eventually after daniel bryan credibly could have had a win edge uh takes a chair to both daniel bryan and a roman and um, yeah, then walks off. I mean, so Roman wins, and yeah, I think this sets it up for a triple threat. I to, to your point, Justin, I could almost see them waiting until the show because they have no clue. Think about this: we have no clue how Roman Reigns' his reaction is going to be in front of a live audience. Well, well, if anything, doing this triple threat with both Brian and Edge kind of ensures that Roman will probably can keep booed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, we really haven't seen this heel Roman. Uh, in front of, or we, we haven't, not really, we haven't. Uh, he came back in August. We haven't seen him in front of fans. But I think when, when you put Edge in, the, in that story of uh, the, the comeback, and then, of course, Dana Bryan, the, the the baby face he is, this kind of almost secures that, like, Roman will be booed. And then you toss Paul Heyman in there who can agitate anybody. It, I think it's kind yeah. of pr- protects Roman's heel persona. So it was good. Uh, Dean Regan TV saying Bryan going to Mania with about two wins in a year. He has to go on a, a winning hot streak if they're going to put him in Mania. Well, he's only got what two or three rolls or, or two or three yeah. SmackDowns. It's not like there's not a lot, a lot of time to do anything here. So, I mean, I could see them do, especially if the plan is for Edge to win at Mania. I could see them do night one, Brian versus Edge, and Brian beats Edge, and then maybe Edge comes back and gets his win. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that has been floated out in terms of them doing a night one. Daniel Bryan has to fight his way into WrestleMania. And with so little time left until WrestleMania, I think that might be what they do. Do you think they're going to bring back a longer card with the live audience? Or they're going to say that, no, these shorter cards have been working? I think with two nights, I think pre-show included, because they always work a few things yeah. into a pre-show. I think you're looking at four hours total. I'm saying, yeah, Vince doesn't care about concession. His, his percentage of concession sales. Uh, at Mania this year. Not like, I mean, that's part of the reason why normally their shows are so long. It sells more merch. It sells, but they get more from the venue. Like there's reasons why these shows are. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I think a two hour, I think you'll get a two hour pre-show with you know, matches being in an hour of, in like the second hour of it. And then I think the actual main card will be three hours. Yeah. And I think they don't care about the gate. Although, you know, it's funny. So we mentioned Vegas earlier. Apparently people are griping now because in Vegas, all the shows are running at 50% capacity. So they just doubled all the prices. <laughs> so that way they're getting. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I know. And everyone's complaining like, why are show tickets so expensive? Well, you can only have half as many people. Uh, but mania seems like, yeah. I mean, if you look at it now, well, you just saw the thing in Miami, like the mayor saying like, there's too many people in the state of crisis. You're seeing places open back up like Mania. This is going to be the largest scale event we've had since people uh, are yeah. going out again. 
Well, and the other thing to watch too is, uh, you know, they're, the Thunderdome is in Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Rays play. And Tampa Bay Rays' first home game is Friday, April 9th. Now, mm-hmm. SmackDown is not going to be live that night. It appears that SmackDown on April 9th, the go-home SmackDown, is going to be taped the week prior. Oh, wow. So as far as I can tell, the last thing that will be taped, or not taped, the last thing that will be shot live in the Thunderdome will be Raw on Monday, April 5th. Wow. So... Sure. So yeah, so where do they go after that? Where yeah. is where is the raw the night after Mania at? That we don't know, you know, because you know, because like the Thunderdome is there to disguise with no fans, but the Thunderdome is not a something you can just set up in a couple hours. It's it's a so like where are they going? Or is the night after Mania going to have fans somewhere? Like that's that's the big question mark that I'm looking at that I can't I haven't been able to get anybody to give me an answer to is where the hell are they going the night after Mania? It's crazy. Well, you think about the timeline and even if, I mean, WWE's now promoting vaccinations and um, just interesting to think about how quickly are things going to come back? Is it going to stick? We're a very weird moment where I'm very optimistic. I think a lot of people feel like the light at the end of the tunnel, the horizon is in sight. But yeah, it's interesting timing with Mania and, and where do they go afterwards? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other venues in Florida so they could presumably set, I guess, the Thunderdome up there, but uh, we'll see. I could almost see them showing not a recap, but I could almost see them, like, if Mania is really hot, I could see them airing, like, a three-hour highlight package with some backstage stuff, Mm -hmm. or maybe they tape some extra content. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're you're coming off of whatever big angles you just shot from Mania. I mean, and the other thing, too, is, like, you're going to have 25,000 fans each night at Mania, which is going to, for all of us, because it's going to sound bonkers. We're going to appreciate it more than ever because we've been a year without it. And then you're going to go back to pipe sound yeah. and Thunderdome screens. Especially for the Raw after Mania, which is always such a hot show. And they, that's going to be very jarring. I, I, unless they unless they do away with the Thunderdome and wherever they <laughs> end up, if it's another arena in Florida, unless they say, you know, unless they basically hand out free tickets essentially to everybody who's at Mania and says, hey, if you're here in Florida, Come to Raw tomorrow. We're basically paying your way. We just want loud bodies, yeah. and, and we need five thousand people in, in this arena. I yeah. mean, unless they do something like that, but I, I, I that that'd be hard pressed to go from twenty five thousand people at a stadium, which is going to just again be great for all of us, and then go back to pipe sound. It's a weird time, man. It is a weird time, and you can't get too far ahead of yourselves with the planning with everything. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. TB is the only wrestler these days I know has no chance of winning, but he still makes me believe maybe just maybe he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. When did he turn into Charlie Brown in the football, man? Like, <laughs> they used to remember when Sami Zayn was in this spot for a long time? They were, they were literally building him as the ultimate underdog who yeah. put in these great displays. And then every time you get an opportunity, we just go nowhere. Like, Daniel Bryan, I think, should be booked better than that. Uh, Bet Chaffin, $2 saying AJ versus Triple H desperately needed for Mania. So we what two years two years in a row of no Triple H and Mania. That's a record. Yeah. Alejandro Villarreal, two dollars saying, does Brian take the pin so Edge can become champ? Maybe. I mean, it depends on how they build that. I think it'll be a telegraph if they do something where Edge loses on night one. I think that would be done for him to lose or win on night two. But I don't see Edge taking the pin if there is a pinfall in this match. Oh. Yeah, with Daniel, I mean, like, what? How much lower can he get? In terms of his status, uh, Jackson Callens, four ninety nine. Wild prediction of what we might get at SummerSlam with what we have in front of us at Mania. 
Any ideas? I'll make the optimistic prediction that uh, SummerSlam will be probably on the West Coast, probably in L.A. Uh, or, or somewhere on the West Coast, uh, and it will have probably more fans than we've at that point than we've seen. Yeah. Is he talking match-wise or just like the venue? Oh, I think the venue. I think, Justin, to your point, but I think he's talking match-wise. Match-wise, yeah. I would say uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Hope so. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, maybe Becky is back by then. I could see Becky versus Bianca or Becky versus Rhea. Man, Becky versus Rhea would be so awesome. Yeah. There's a lot they could do. And, and and you wonder by that point is is Cena done doing Hollywood stuff? Can he can he can he get step away from Hollywood? I mean John, like you know John Cena was in a tape match last Mania, and then prior to that Mania before he surprisingly came out of New York and did the 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 old school John Cena Thugonomics gimmick as a surprise. I mean, you know there's 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 a thirst there of getting Cena back into some kind of a groove, even if it's just for a build for you know, one big pay-per-view SummerSlam makes sense, man. That's a crowd pleasing, but maybe, maybe this year, maybe that's a surprise there. I mean, that's, what's exciting about this is that last year they really had to scramble and improvise. And this year, do, do they pull out of the stops? I, I, to that point, Justin, I do think they're going to wait till SummerSlam and then try to make it the, literally the biggest event of 2021. Mm-hmm. Where's SummerSlam yeah. this year? Oh, we don't know. I think yeah, what, the, the Barclays residency is done. I, I thought I I thought pre pandemic I had heard that it was the plan was for it to go then to Staples for a couple of years. Yeah, obviously that did not happen this this past year because everything got got thrown to shit. Um, but I, I thought Staples was lined up to have a couple of years of it. Yeah, I seem to recall that as well. Uh, Justin Lopez four ninety nine says rumor is that they're moving the Thunderdome to the University of South Florida, the USF Sundome. All right. Well, again, but back to my point, is it you know. Do you do the Thunderdome? And the, you know, like you're going to go from fans back to the Thunderdome. Is that going to be acceptable enough, or do you slowly start to figure out can we dis can we dismantle or push the Thunderdome back and have at least uh, you know x you know a thousand fans within between the ring and right. Thunderdome screens? Can we have some fans and then the Thunderdome screens are kind of complimentary? Yeah. Combo breaker saying hoping for Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunn at Takeover. Yeah, I could see it. And, you know, again, Daniel Bryan is in a crunch. Um, so if the plan is that Daniel Bryan is revealed as this best wrestler in the world is taking on Pete Dunne, I know that's a match Daniel Bryan would love to have. And that would be a satisfying payoff for how much they're building up Pete Dunne for something. Uh, so if he's not going to be part of the WrestleMania um, picture, I'd be fine with that. Breaking news. WWE has come to terms on the release of Andrade. Oh, good. There it is. Wow. 42 seconds ago. Wow. Well, that kind of, I said earlier, it's, it's one end, it's one end of the spectrum or the other. There we go. Yeah. Hmm. There you have it. I hope he doesn't just immediately go to AEW. I hope he explores his options. You know, there's a lot of wrestling scenes that are going to be opening back up that I think he'd be great in. Wow. Yeah. Talk about, man, it's, it's the textbook, right? It's it's the blueprint uh, to borrow a phrase of the bad NXT to main, sorry Justin main roster transition um, of you come in they have half an idea of what to do with you and then quickly lose interest in that and then you go to the mid card then you're wrestling on main event and then you're in catering 
This one hurts. It's like there was I know after that Gargano and Andrade match, a lot of people like, you know, were talking up Gargano went up at that point. I said and I felt that Andrade was the best worker in the company, in the entire company. I felt I felt like he stood out in that match more than Gargano did, uh, as great as both of them were. And to go from that, in my eyes, to now out of the WWE, it's just, you know, especially with Zelina Vega and how hot they were, the fact that they didn't get as far as I think they should have is really sad. Yeah, and, so like, and we always hear of, you know, WWE's always looking for that, that next Rey Mysterio, right? For a decade. It was first. It was the Sin Cara. The original one didn't work out, you know. And then it's like, you know, is, is it Dominic Mysterio? Like they're always looking for that, that, that star for that, for the for the, for the Latin audience. And 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 in Andrade, you thought you had it. I mean, I I know that his, it seemed like his his English promos weren't necessarily where they wanted it just yet. But God, the work rate and the potential. If, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just yeah. And then it's so funny. He was paired. Him and Zelina were such a great presentation, and then they both have been so disgruntled and, <laughs> and have found the same fate. Uh, it's man. there you go, Alfred. AEW uh, in ninety days once Andrade's over, they they recreate and just have Zelina with Andrade, but they do I mean, it. They the can right, do it the right way. Jared Wilson asking the real questions: Who do you think guys think is the most underrated movie villain? He thinks Anton from No Country for Old Men. Underrated Papa Doc. <laughs> no, no, not Papa Doc. Uh, what about that's a good question. I'm gonna have to think about that. I think Bane from The Dark Knight Rises was incredible. I thought good. Yeah, yeah. No, I just thought it was great. I thought in terms of doing that character justice, it's like a smart goon, like a big kind of juiced up guy, but not an idiot. Very calculated. Very uh, Machiavellian. I love that character. I thought that was one of my favorite supervillain characters ever, and I think it was underrated. Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Really? Just just screws with you, man. It's a painting. He comes alive. He's coming back to steal a, a baby to be in the 21st century. <laughs> Alfred, have you watched the Harley Quinn series on HBO Max? No, I have not. Is it good? I've heard mixed things it's, about it. It's funny. Ron Funches is on it as King Shark. Oh. The Bane, Bane is hilarious on there. The, the guy that got doing the voice is like spot on, but they like there's so much comedy on that show. Yeah, it's okay. really, really good. But I love Ron Funches. He's fantastic on yeah, it. Um, they've got just a great. They got Tony Hale. Like uh, they've got just this all star voice cast. It's such a funny show. I'll check it out. Okay, that's good. Very that's good adult. To hear. It's very adult. Um, <laughs> it's good. Is this you know, on the DC streaming app that they have, or it was, and it moved over to HBO Max. Okay, good, good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, underrated villains, though. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. I, f- I feel like every, every, everyone, you see those think pieces, right? Like, here's why Cliffhanger was the real thinking man's action movie follow-up to Die Hard. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it was. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no there's no hot take, I think, on great villains. I feel like, like for me, you want to talk about what I think is, like, an underrated action movie with a great villain and a great twist. I think Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck is, like – just a fantastic like B movie, well done. Lots of layers, lots of stuff. You know, it's, but it's the type of thing you would have watched on cable in the middle of the night in the nineties. I'm like, that was actually a really yeah. good movie. You know, but I don't know. I feel like everyone sort of gets their due these days. You know, yeah. I don't know. The Russians and the Equalizer. I'm a big fan of the Denzel Equalizer movie. Oh my god, I was just about to bring up Denzel and Training Day because I mean oh. he's not a, for most of that. I mean, not to spoil it, but he turns heel at the end, he, and boy, he, is he a great heel when he does. He's shielded by the badge. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a really good heel. Hmm. 
tough. I liked uh, Joe Pantiliano in uh, Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Thought he was fantastic <laughs> in that. Oh my God, that's like that was the buddy cop movie before buddy cop movies. We even called them buddy cop movies. Wow. Like it came out in 85, maybe 86 takes place in Chicago. Um, but so like, uh, uh, Oh, I'm a white guy's name. Uh, Jimmy Smith's is the main bad guy, but Joe Pantoliano is a very funny movie. It's a very good buddy cop action film. Highly recommend it. Wow. Uh, Brian Cyrus, $10 saying conflicted on one hand. I like to see edge win after all he did to come back. But on the other hand, I like to see reigns continue to hold the title for almost a year and lose it to biggie at SummerSlam. I mean, that would be fine. Uh, something to follow with Edge, and uh, it happened again. This is Edge's first SmackDown match in a decade, and they built it up, and the ratings were very disappointed. At least the overnights came in 10% lower than the week prior, and Edge, every step of the way when he's been on TV and advertised for matches, has not translated to uh, big viewership numbers, which has been very disappointing. Yeah, it's almost like a portion of the audience that's there every day now I forgot or was not present to when he was a, a main eventer for them in his, you know, original run because uh, you're right the numbers have not translated as to what you'd think i mean there was a lot of buzz when it came back at the rumble you know uh two, you know in 2020 but yeah week to week numbers have not been strong yeah. dean regan saying andrade about to be miro's new gaming partner oh boy that i mean that's really that's a whole other thing but it's not often we get news broken while we're on the air. We have no time. Yeah, that feels great. I'm, yeah, I'm sitting here. Just I just opened Twitter. I saw saw the tweet. Uh, Chris Pantaleo, four ninety nine. So it'd be cool if he went to AEW with the La Sombra gimmick and attacked Pack and took over the Death Triangle with Zelina as the manager. Go to ROH. Just I think he needs to be with Roosh or something. Like AEW just has too much. If I'm somebody on the outside of AEW looking in right now. I'd be worried about how much I'd be featured on there until they get all these other shows going. Like, there's just way too much talent. A guy like Andrade could go under the radar in AEW just like he did in WWE. Yeah. It's also it's also the money game. You know, I don't sure. know what... Uh, G. Lee saying the most make? underrated movie villain is Mrs. Voorhees in the first Friday the 13th movie. It's a pretty good one. Like, she was, she was legit scary and, like, legit crazy scary. First Friday the 13th, it's weird. You guys have seen that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like nobody talks about that because it's so different than the other movies, but it's legit. Uh, I am our first Santa Claus from the Santa Claus who forces a new life. <laughs> Put on the suit. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, let's wrap it up. That was Fastlane tomorrow night. Uh, Justin and me, you and Raj tomorrow night? I'm not on tomorrow night. Alfred, me, you, and Raj tomorrow night? No, I don't think it's me either. I have no clue who I'm working with tomorrow night. <laughs> you and Raj. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, Raj is uh, fun when he's yeah. not so concerned with doing the show. When, just, some, you know. when he's NWO Raj. He's got some Raj juice in him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking for you. Send me an email. I'm Matt back. Morgan's going to be back this week. Which I'm is back. Uh, Alfred and I are back Wednesday. I don't know if Matt's with us Wednesday or not. I know Alfred oh. and I Wednesday. It's me, Raj, and Issa tomorrow night. Oh, that'll that'll be a fun show. show. That will be a very fun show. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, she's going to be salty. Make sure because she's her her and her Roman fandom. Make sure you hammer to her that Roman tapped out. <laughs> and Shinsuke her. lost. And Shinsuke, oh, drive her nuts. And and tell her Brock had a bad sexual episode. She'll be in a <laughs> real bad mood. You know, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, and again, we want to thank the sponsor of this episode. People in the chat are saying, Glenn, when are you going back on stereo? Well, here's the deal. Matt Morgan and I are likely making our triumphant return to stereo this week. Uh, download that for iOS or Android. If you've listened to past shows, we talk about so many different things on there. We take as many of your questions as possible. We always say, oh, we're going to do 45 minutes, and we end up going three hours just because you guys have such awesome questions. We love doing the shows on stereo. Be sure to download that app for iOS or Android. Follow Glenn Rubenstein on there. Follow Matt Morgan. Follow NYC Demon Diva. And uh, you guys, you guys got to get on there. So we can start plugging that as well. Um, stereo, the live social conversation app. They've been an excellent sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And we thank you all for participating uh, in our weekly stereo shows on the app and when you follow me on there you can go back and listen to matt and my past shows so if you feel like hey you're missing out on something there's a good 15 hours of content on there if you want to hear me and matt morgan talking and getting really personal and uncensored download that stereo app and give us a follow on there thank you to alfred and justin for joining me tonight and we'll catch you back here tomorrow on the wrestling inc podcast